as long as I have hope, as long as you have hope, we have possibilities. Because the truth of the matter is, is everything that we face in this life is subject to change. Except God. He said, I am your God and I do not change. From the message translation over in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, it says, So we are not giving up. How could we? Even on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the good times. The lavish celebration that God has prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things that we see now are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will last forever. So I'm exhorting you, dear brothers and sisters, put your hope in the promises that will last forever. Not in the problems that are subject to change. If you will take the promises, you can annihilate the problems. Because the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our trust, even our faith, and even our confidence in Him. And so, what is hope? Hope is simply having a happy anticipation of good. You know, God wants your life to be happy. He does not want us to go through life as sourpusses. He doesn't want us to have a lousy attitude about some small potatoes circumstances that we're facing in this life. Because He knows what's ahead. He knows what's on the other side. And so it is a decision of mine every day. I'm either going to be happy or I'm going to be a bummer. And there have been days where I have been a bummer. And there have been days where you have been a bummer. Well, I've been happy and I've been a bummer. And guess what? Happy is much better. It's much better to wake up with a smile on your face. It's much better to enjoy the journey than to complain about the journey. There used to be an old ad where they were going on a trip. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? How many of you know that as long as you're on this earth, there's always going to be a journey. There's always going to be something that you're going to need to get to. So you might as well be happy while you're on the road. Hope is a powerful spiritual force. It is having an intense expectancy. It is having a confident, favorable expectation that today is the best day of my life. You know, it's the only day I've got. And it's the only day you've got. So you might as well make it a good one. You might as well put a big smile on your face and learn to live with a confident, favorable expectation of something good is happening to me right now. We always 
you know, say something good's about to happen. My confession is something good's happening to me right now in the here and now on Sunday, March, whatever it is, 2013. So we must then keep our hopes alive. Your hope will try to fade on you. Life is tough sometimes. The enemy comes as a thief to rob and to steal and to destroy. But there is a power living on the inside of you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It is the living hope that Christ gives each and every one of us. But we need to make sure that we keep that hope stirred up. That we don't let it grow dim. And so that our lives don't become dull. And we become just like the rest of the religious world. Just simply going through the motions. Just simply logging time. Come on, brothers and sisters. Life is better than that. God is better than that. We serve a great big God. He is the God of hope. Now look with me in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. And all this month, we're going to be talking about this living hope. And it's going to culminate in an explosion of resurrection power on Easter Sunday. Notice this scripture with me. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Aren't you glad the mercy of the Lord endures forever? His abundant mercy, it has begotten you and me to a lively hope or to a living hope. This hope that we're talking about is living. This hope that I have in my heart is alive. It's a lively hope. Now notice what it is. It's a lively hope because of or by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The message translation says it like this. We have been born into a new life that has a confidence or a hope which is alive. Why? Because Jesus Christ has come back to life. And you know what? Since he came back to life, I can have a comeback. Since he came back to life, you can have a comeback in your body. Since he came back to life, you can have a comeback in your finances. Since he came back to life, you can have a comeback in your family, in your relationships, in your employment. Since he is the comeback kid, don't you dare let a setback cause you to sit back. Get ready for a hopeful comeback in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, David is a guy that went through some really tough things. I want to look at Psalm 42 in the Amplified, if you would, with me this morning. David begins to ask himself a question. He said, why are you cast down in verse 5? Oh, my inner self. In other words, he was down. And he says, and why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? And then he says, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall yet, in spite of this, praise him, for you are my help and you are my God. And so his inner self was disquieted. 
And he says, why are you crying? Why are you mourning? Why are you troubled? Why are you so agitated? Why are you in such an uproar? David recognizes the problems that he is facing. And as men and women of faith, we are to recognize the problems and the difficulties we face. We're not to look the other way and pretend they are not there. We need to look them square in the face and we need to get ourselves out of the mully grubs and get ourselves back on track and speak to our soul. Hope thou in God. i tell you what, in spite of it, I'm going to praise him. Amen. My eyes are lifted up unto you. Look at your neighbor and say, get your hope. Back on track. Verse 6. He said, oh my God, my life is cast down upon me. And I find the burden more than I can bear. Therefore, will I earnestly remember. Here is another key. Don't forget what the Lord has done for you. Forget not all of his benefits. Recall to your mind the goodness of God. You from the land of Jordan and river and the summits of Mount Hermon. And from the Mount Mizar. So David says, I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to remember you. Think about all that God's already done for you. Think about how he's already brought you through. You didn't have any groceries in your cupboards. And all of a sudden, El Shaddai showed up with a bag full of groceries. You couldn't pay your PG&E bill. But all of a sudden, Jehovah Jireh sent a ram in the thicket right in your midnight hour to meet your need. Oh, man, you were down and you were out. Some of you in alcoholism and drug addiction. Some of you were down and out with self-righteousness. But the resurrection power of Jesus Christ lifted you up. We need to remember the former days in the sense of how good God has been to us. And how gracious and merciful he has been to us. Yeah, but I was such a rascal. You need to learn not to be so down on yourself. You need to understand if God be for you, who can be against you? Did you know and understand that if God is for you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper? If God is for you, your enemies have been placed under your feet. Some of you need to be for yourself. If God be for you, you need to be for yourself. Look in the scriptures and encourage yourself in the Lord. Remember how much he loves you. Stop condemning yourself. Stop kicking yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself and be for yourself. Amen. 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 Verse 7, roaring deep. Calls to roaring deep at the thunder of your water sprouts. All your breakers and your rolling waves have gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Here's another key. Praise, remembering, and then singing in the dark. Songs during the night. In the night seasons. I double dog encourage you, praise God, to rise up in your spirit and sing a song to the Lord. Verse 9, I will say, faith's confession, to God my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword crushing in my bones, my enemies taunt and reproach me. And they say continually, where is your God? Do you see the fight he's in? You understand that there's a fight for your hope. And there's a fight for your faith. 
And there's a fight for your attitude. The devil doesn't want you walking around with a spirit of faith. He wants you walking around bummed out like 90% of the Christians are. Absolutely. He doesn't want you to have a smile on your face. And so David is in a fight. And then he addresses it again in verse 11. Read it with me. Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you mourn over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God. Wait expectantly for Him. I shall yet praise Him. For He is the help of my countenance and He is my God. See, your countenance is the look you have on your face. When I am bummed out and when I am not at my best, when I've been down in the mully grubs, it always shows up on my face. My wife can look at me and say, what's wrong with you today? And I tell you, it serves as a little, you know, shaking and a little stirring. That's right. Why are you disquieting within me, my soul? I tell you what, we're going to praise him anyway. My head may be hurting. My body may be aching. The bills may be unpaid. But he is the help of my countenance. He is the joy of the Lord. He is the strength of my life. He is the God who has brought me through. And it will bring me through every day of my life. So I want you to see here that David is in a fight. David had a bad case of sourpuss here for a period of time. But what he did is he put his hope back in God. What David did is he kept talking to himself to pull himself out of it. You've got to talk to yourself to pull yourself out of it. You can do the same thing that David did. The word of the Lord this morning is keep your hope alive because you've been given a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Turn with me to Romans now, verse chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 13 in the Amplified. This is my prayer for my own life. This is my prayer for this church and for your lives. I'm constantly holding you up before the throne of grace. We hold up our friends, our partners, because we know that He is the one that is the health of your countenance. He is the one that can restore your soul. He is the one that can cause you to get a better job. He's the one that can meet your need. This is my prayer. Listen to this. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy. People that are filled with hope are also filled with joy. And as a result of being filled with hope and joy, as a result of their faith and believing, they have the peace of God. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing that through the experience of your faith, your faith, your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, now listen to this, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Overflowing bubbling over with hope to where all you can see is solutions. All you can see is answers. 
Your attitude has been changed because your attitude has been influenced by the God of hope. Your attitude has been influenced by the God who fills us with joy and gives us peace. But there is a part that we must play. And our part is the faith part. Somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, quite frankly, I'll tell you what, it's been so difficult recently, I've lost my joy. Well, you can find it again. How many of you ever lost your keys? How many of you have not lost your keys? If you ever lost something, you can find it again. When I have lost my phone or lost my keys, my wife always knows where it is. She's confident. She has faith. We won't go much further than that. But you can find your joy again. See, sometimes people lose their joy because they've put their joy in the wrong place. They've placed their joy in money. They've placed their joy in preachers. They've placed their joy in... In a job. You know, the joy of the Lord has must, must be placed in the Lord, who is the God of joy. Amen. And so, what happens then, when we lose our joy, when, when joy slips out, we stop believing. Faith stops. And all of a sudden, the attitude gets soured up. Anybody ever gotten sour before? Um... You know, we've traveled great distances before, and we've traveled over to Hong Kong. Uh, the flight from SFO to Hong Kong is 17 hours. Uh, the flight over to, to Beirut, Lebanon, a couple of years ago, by the time we left San Francisco and then stopped in Germany and then went on to Beirut, Lebanon, it was probably a total of 20, 22 hours total. Well, when we got in, we didn't feel fresh as a daisy. You know, even though they, they feed you on those jets and they, they give you something to wash your face with, but you've had that experience where maybe you, you've driven all the way from San Francisco area down to Los Angeles or up to Seattle, traveled all day. You didn't feel too fresh when you got there. So you could hardly wait to get you checked into your hotel and uh, find out where you were staying. You looked around, and the first thing you normally went to was to the bathroom area so you could do what? So that you could freshen up, freshen up. Some of you spiritually, if you will indulge me to say this without being condescending, some of you really need to freshen up spiritually. The Bible says that we are now living in times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. And and, and so I've been there. I've been there naturally speaking. I've been there spiritually speaking. Where my attitude's gone south. And I've had to have a talk with myself. Usually it's after Brenda's had a talk with me. And I've had to look in the mirror and say, Okay, partner. Enough of this stuff. It's time to freshen up your attitude. It's time to to get your confession back in line. you've, You've sort of veered off a little bit. Now get yourself back in line. And you see, only you can do that. But in recognizing that you've gotten off course, that's the first step. 
See, the admission that your attitude has gotten raunchy is the first step. Admit it. And like John Maxwell says, quit it. Amen. And then pick up the things that you know. Pick up the basics. Continue in the things that you've learned all these years here at Heart of the Bay. Continue in the tools that you have learned as long as you have been a Christian. And pick those tools back up and start readjusting your attitude. You see, sometimes it's just a minor adjustment that'll get you back on course. If we were flying today, let's say in a 747, we could all probably fit in a 747 together. And we were flying over to, let's say, we were going to go to Paris, France. Or better yet, we're going to go to Israel. And we're going to go on a beautiful tour. And we're all enjoying one another. But the pilot wasn't too fresh when he got on board. And he allowed the autopilot to slip a little bit. And he was off just a degree or two. Did you know that we could end up in Iran? I don't want to tour Iran. Thank you. But... Just that little off course can make all the difference in the entire world in your life. You see, stay open to the cues of the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll show you where you veered off. And, and sometimes it's not always the big thing. It's the little things. Get yourself back. Get yourself back in faith. Maybe you've let the word slip a little bit. And you've gotten a great healing from God and you know He's touched your life. And, and as a result of getting the manifestation, you've kind of let the Word go on healing scriptures, you know. And so, oh man, that battle's over. But listen, we live in a world where the enemy wants to devour your body. And thank God for the manifestation you got. But there is wisdom in keeping what you've got. And the way that you keep what you've got is you stay in it. And you stay in the Word. And you keep feeding your spirit the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, I'm hoping hoping my faith is is in God. God. So maintain then a living hope. How, How can we do this? How can we do this? It might be good for you to put some signs up in your house. It might be good to put some cues up on your mirror. Everyone looks in the mirror. You vain thing. But if you've had difficulties with your attitudes, put some signs up. Have them say like something like, expect. Or last year, all year long, we talked on the favor of God. It could just say, I have favor with God and man. Something good is happening to me right now. How about on the refrigerator? Do you visit the refrigerator a lot? I like my refrigerator. I am telling you, I have a hard time staying away from my refrigerator. Especially after I've worked out. You know, I've gone and burned out 600 and 700 calories or so. Then I go eat 5,000, you know. (laughs) What good is that? But put it on your fridge. Put it by your chocolate candies. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. I know in a sense I'm being your cheerleader, but I love you so much, I'm cheering you on today. I've got such confidence in the God of hope in you that some of you are going to take this message, you're going to freshen up, you're going to readjust, and you're going to have the best week of your life. Hallelujah! (laughs) 
All right, let's look at Isaiah chapter 40. Notice with me in verse 31. Again in the Amplified Version. Okay? Isaiah 40, verse 31. Now, here is another major key to keeping our hopes alive. We've been talking about it already. It reemphasizes this. It says, but those who wait for the Lord, those who wait on the Lord or wait for the Lord, who expect, who look for and hope in Him, those are the ones that shall change and renew their strength and power. They will, those who expect, look for, and hope, they will lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. And they will not become tired. Now what I get from this scripture, you may get some other things, but I want you to see what I'm getting out of this scripture. And that is this. Waiting on God is not passive. Waiting on God is where your heart, your spirit is engaged. You're literally excited about something. And you're expecting. Your heart of hearts says to itself, God's moving. I'm believing. I'm expecting. You want to get people stirred up? Some of you ladies need to go tell some of your close friends, I'm expecting. Oh, rip. When when is the baby going to be born? Guys, you could really get some things stirred up by telling your friends you're expecting. I'm expecting. People say, well, you know, I've been doing that for a day and nothing's happened yet. You really hung in there, didn't you? Well, I've, I've been doing it for, for a year. I, I've been doing this for three years. I, I've been doing this for five years. W- what's up? Well, you know, your answer should be this. My times are in His hand. Say it with me. My times are in His hand. Did you know that you may not always see God coming, but you sure know when He's been there? You sure know when He's been there. But the point is, expect Him. Expect Him. They that wait on the Lord with the right attitude... Looking for, expecting, and believing. They shall renew their strength. Not those that wait on the Lord with a negative attitude. With a critical confession. With a sour face. With self-pity. Not those who wait on the Lord in fear. The question I have for you this morning is, have you been waiting and how are you waiting? Have you been waiting on the Lord? And how have you been waiting? I believe this, and I know it's true for my own life. I know for sure that we can put our breakthroughs off because of how we act while we're waiting. Are you listening? You ever been to a really good restaurant? And, uh, you know, it was just a, you're going to spend some good money. And you had the love of your life with you and... Maybe you went to the house of prime rib over in San Francisco. And that's where the 49ers offensive line has their Christmas banquet. And the house of prime rib is 
prime eating. It's just wonderful. Or your favorite restaurant, whatever it might be, Thai food, Chinese food. And I know it's 9.58 and I got you thinking. But you had to wait. You had to wait. And, and you were waiting at the door. You had a reservation for 6 p.m. And now it's 6.15. And, and you're really getting upset. And you're really getting upset and sour about it. Did you know that your attitude with the maitre d' is not going to help you if it's a wrong attitude? It's not going to help you at all? And our Heavenly Father, of course, we would never compare Him to a maitre d'. But our Heavenly Father, one thing that He really, really relates to is gratitude and thanksgiving. And so don't put your breakthrough off by waiting impatiently. The Bible says that it is through faith and patience that what? We inherit the promises. How many of you here today that you're right now standing for something? You're standing for something. I mean, you've you've believed, you have received, you have prayed according to the will of God, and you are now in a standing mode. I submit to you that the standing mode is not one of worry and fear and unrest. The standing mode is one of faith, peace, and joy, and praise and gratitude. See, you're going to stand anyway. So you might as well stand the proper way. Stand. Well, somebody says, how long am I going to have to stand? I don't know how long you're going to have to stand. My name is not G-O-D. But I do know that you can be just like Abraham in your stance of faith. Notice with me in Romans, the fourth chapter and the 20th verse, if you would. It says, no unbelief. No unbelief. How does unbelief manifest itself? Unbelief manifests itself oftentimes with a raunchy attitude. No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith. Now read the rest of it with me. As he what? As he did what? He gave praise. And glory to God. So how many of you are standing right now? Let's just take a praise and glory break right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the finances. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. Thank you, Lord, for the sons and daughters coming from afar. Thank you, Lord, for household salvation. Hallelujah. Hey, Samo Nene Bokande de Boshte de Mandai. Those who complain and waver will grow weaker and weaker. But those that will show gratitude and give praise shall get stronger and stronger. If you want strong faith, give him the glory. If you want strong faith, give him praise in your midnight hour. Let's do it right now. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, Brikish Temandalabo, Sorene, Nene, Andolavaya. 
Oh, but pastor, I'm just so weary. I'm just so weak and I'm just so tired. You may be, but I speak an infusion of divine strength into your spirit today. I speak the God of hope to fill you, Lord, today, to fill your heart today with all joy. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up when it's not convenient to do so. And I know I'm preaching good now. I'm preaching good, good to myself as well. So wait then with a good attitude. Amen. Decide to enjoy your life. Make sure that you don't get bitter or resentful in life, but you're going to get better. Look at James chapter one, verse eight, James chapter one, verse eight. Good lesson today, guys. A lot of scripture, a lot of scripture. This is, of course, talking about a dumbbell-minded man, a man or a woman who doubts. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, doubtful. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks or he feels or decides. So the Spirit of the Lord is encouraging us today to be single-minded while we are waiting. Not double-minded. A major key to your victory is consistency. Did you know that consistency will bring the desired result? Now, I haven't done real well in weight loss. Anybody who eats 5,000 calories and burns 700 off is going to gain weight. I was telling Brenda today, I lied to her on the way to church. I said, I lost 10 pounds. She says, you have? I said, not really. I said, but my stomach is flatter. It's just all muscle, I told her. (laughs) Now, she's different. I mean, she can start something. She can start a program, and she'll get in her heart and her mind, you know, I want to lose X amount of pounds. And, you know, Brenda looks great. To me, she could never lose a pound, and she's always looking great to me. It's wonderful. But, um, you know, she... uh, Wanted to lose a certain amount of weight, so she went on a certain program. And I went on too, but I went on my own program. You know, I'm not going on that program. I can't handle that. I can't handle that cardboard food. So, you know, she was out of town, and I kind of got a little head started, and I was strutting my stuff. I lost three pounds. Thank you, Jesus. But the weekend came. I wasn't consistent. And uh, sometimes it comes on you seven times worse. <laughs> but, but she started and stayed consistent and continued to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And I was up and down and I was all around. And many people are like that spiritually. They're up and down. They're inconsistent. You know, if you want to lose weight and... Boy, I'm not one to brag. If you want to lose weight, you can't stay with it three days and then the other four just eat like what you want. Right? How many of you would love to be out of debt? Now, I know since Financial Peace University has come and we have people here today that are debt free. We rejoice with them. Amen? But now, if you want to be debt free, you've got to get rid of the plastic. Right? I mean, there there has to be consistency. There has to be some work involved so that when you go to Southland 
you go to one of the malls and you see something you really want, you know, and you start looking at it. Well, I don't get paid until next week, but see, you can talk yourself right back into debt. And that plastic will call out to you. So if you want to be debt-free, my point simply is then you must be consistent in the disciplines that are there for you, and you can get there sooner or later. How about relationship repair? Anybody have some relationship that need repair? Well, there's not any honest people here. Probably 90% of you. <laughs> You've got to be consistent. You know, guys, you've got to be consistent to love your wife as Christ loves the church. Not just when you want something. Women, you need to, wives, you need to be respectful to your husbands. There needs to be a twofold submission to one another in the fear of God. You know, I mean, hey, here's how you impress a woman. I don't believe in drinking wine, but for the sake of an illustration... Husbands, impress your wife with this. Wine or diner, call her, hug her, support her, hold her, surprise her, compliment her, smile at her, listen to her, cry with her, romance her, believe her, cuddle with her, shop with her, shop with her. <laughs> Give her jewelry, buy her flowers, hold her hand, write love letters in the sand to her. Go to the end of the earth and back again for her. And this is a little graphic, but here's how you impress your husband. Show up naked and bring some food. <laughs> All right. Consistency. <laughs> Let's look over at Romans chapter 8. We better get off of that right now. Romans the 8th chapter. Let's look at 24 and 25. Come on, somebody shout with me. Glory to God. You know, the good thing about these services is we can have fun in church. Amen. Your hope is coming back. It's coming alive. We're not going to be able to finish this message today, but you know the good news is we got next Sunday. So let me give you your last scripture for today. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 and verse 25. From the Amplified Version, it says, For in this hope we are saved. But hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. For how can one hope for what is already he already sees? But if we wait for what is still unseen. You see, many of us are in that waiting mode, aren't we? But if we wait for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience. And look at that last word. Composure. Everyone say composure. composure. What is composure? Composure means that our emotions are under control. We wait with patience and composure. We're not all rattled. We're not all upset. We're not all negative. You see, we've got to get to a point where we understand that our feelings don't control us. But we control our feelings. There's a lot of things that I have not seen yet out here. But you know what? I can see it in here. And as long as I can see it in here and maintain a confident, favorable expectation, nothing can beat it out of me. No circumstance, no doctor's report. Nothing, nothing can take away your hope if you'll keep it alive.
Will you do that this week? Let's raise our hands and pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for a good word today. We've received a really good word. Lord, you've spoke to us by your spirit. You've encouraged us by different illustrations. We just thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. And we stir ourselves up this morning. We choose hope instead of despondency. We know you said in your word that hope deferred or hope that goes outdoors, it, 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 it makes the heart sick. Oh, but God, we thank you for lifting us up with that living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Pray this with me, Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, that you are my Lord, you are my Savior. Renew in me a right spirit, a spirit that is full of expectancy. Renew in my life a great attitude of gratitude. Strengthen all of us, we pray, as we give praise and glory to God. I will, I will wait on you. I will expect and I will look for you. Do you believe it? Well, let's give God praise then. Amen. Hallelujah.